Well, the summer continues to fly right along, and before we know it, we'll be uh, celebrating the eclipse and back to school and um, a new church here starting on uh, that Sunday of August 20th. We just completed uh, eight weeks going through some Old Testament characters and looking at their lives and what we could learn from them, uh, more than just stories, but lessons from these Old Testament characters. And today we're going to start just a, a brief three-week sermon series. Um, and the reason for it is, is because there are just some basic um, disciplines or, or spiritual principles, uh, activities, what you want to call them, that I, I want us to focus on in these next three weeks in preparation for moving into the new year, uh, new Sunday school year, and, and hopefully um, give a little jump start to the life of our church, because it doesn't lack in some things. And we're going to talk about Bible study, we're going to talk about that today, Bible study and worship and generosity. And a sermon series is simply called Back to the Basics. We're winding down summer. Uh, we know that we always come to expect during the summertime a lot of people are traveling, taking vacation time. That's to be expected. And our, our attendance has been a little bit lower. Uh, we've lost some families due to some job moves. And uh, the last three or four years we've been hit hard in the summertime with families being moving uh, because of job, uh, job situations. And um, uh, that kind of seems unfair, <laughs> unfair to me that we keep getting hit that way. But uh, we, we're going to talk about, we've got to talk about outreach and reaching out to people who aren't in church. About 65% of our population around us is lost and unchurched, so we've got a great field there. We just need to open our eyes and see the harvest and believe what Dan's saying, the fact that Jesus does save. So we're going to talk about these things, Bible study, worship, generosity, being back to the basics. And beyond just the reason for this stress is because not just because um, in the summertime we've experienced the fact that attendance is down and offerings are down, but uh, it's an alarming trend that's developed in the life of our church. And not only in the life of our church, but it's also nationwide. And that is that people are giving less to the glory of God through their church than ever before. And people are attending their churches less than ever before. I don't care whose report you read, whether it's a Gallup poll, whether it's research done by George Barner and his group, or whether it's research done by the Pew uh, Research Group, or whether it's from our Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, attendance in Bible study, church, baptisms are down, offerings are down, mission giving is down. This past year, Southern Baptist gave $12.5 million less to Lottie Moon than they did the year before, and that is the heartbeat of our foreign mission emphasis. Uh, so there was great concern for that. You know, it used to be that um, many, many years ago, and some of us grew up with that. That when the doors of the church were open, you were there. You were there three times a week. And, and that's not the pattern today. They got to where regular attendance in the life of the church in the last several years over the cultural change had been twice a month. Regular attendance in church today is once a month. And you look around and you see that some people don't even live up to that. And there's all kinds of things. We, we got all kinds of challenges out there that compete for church time. And my great concern is that it affects church life, yes, but it affects family life and it affects the kingdom of God. So I've got great concern about that trend in America, but I also have concern about that trend here at Spring Valley Baptist because we see that same pattern that's going on. Families are opting out to do other things. And if there's not anything else important going on, they might be here. So there's some great concern about it. Put it into a biblical context. What, what is the concern? It's not just that you come and that you be here. But you need to understand 
your importance in the life of the church and the body of Christ is what we are. And, and the Apostle Paul makes a couple analogies about the fact that we are a body made up of various body parts, just like our human body is made up of so many different body parts. And you know when a part is not working right, you don't feel exactly right. You're not functioning at full capacity. And the same thing is true in the life of our church. When people are missing, when they're not here, part of the body is not here. In Romans 12, verses 4 through 5, the Apostle Paul wrote and said, Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. You catch that concept? We're a body made up of different members. And each member, he said, belongs to all the others. When you're absent, a part of the body of Christ has a void in it. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul would write and say, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by the one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. You catch the significance of the fact of where you fit in into the body of Christ? You are a part of the body of Christ. You are a part of the body of Christ at Spring Valley Baptist Church. When you aren't here, when others aren't here, there is a void in the life of our church. So when one part is absent, the body does not function as it should. It's weakened. And it's not as effective nor efficient as it should be. So I'm hoping and praying that in the next three weeks, and I know we'll still have a lot of people vacationing and traveling, but I'm hoping to prepare our hearts for maybe a change in mind, a change in attitude, a change in, in practice, a change in principle about our attendance, our commitment, and our giving to the glory of God through our church here at Spring Valley Baptist Church. I want to challenge us to be involved in Bible study. I want to challenge us to be involved in worship. I want to challenge us to a, a lifestyle of generosity. Because when our offerings are down, that affects our mission giving and that affects everything that we can do. I'll talk to you a little bit more about where we are and our finances when we talk about uh, uh, next week probably on, on our uh, generosity issue. But going back to the basics is just simple. Going back to Bible study and worship and giving. Being a part. Those are some pillars upon which we build the life of the church. And, and, and we want to do it for the kingdom of God and for the glory of God. Now these three week challenges are all going to come from the book of Ezra. And the book of Ezra is the story of the Israelites returning to Jerusalem after 70 years of captivity in Babylon. When they returned home to Jerusalem, they found their home in ruins. There was no temple. They felt spiritually detached. But they were challenged by their leaders. Zerubbabel came early and brought about 40-some thousand back with him. And their concern and their focus was on rebuilding the temple. And they did that. In another wave that came, Ezra came and brought several thousand with him. And his concern was spiritual reform. 
to bring the people of God back to the basics. And so we look at Ezra today and we see that they were, the book of Ezra, that they were challenged by their leaders. The people of God, the Israelites, were challenged by their leaders to return to the basics. And so that's the foundation for this short uh, mini-series about back to the basics. I just want to pick out chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. It kind of lays the foundation. Though they're rebuilding the altar in preparation for rebuilding the temple, they, they are back to the basics. So when the seven-month month came, and the Israelites had settled in their towns, the people assembled as one man in Jerusalem. Then Jeshua, son of Jezodak, and his fellow priests, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and his associates began to build the altar of the God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it in accordance with what is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Despite their fear of the peoples around them, they built the altar in its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and evening sacrifices. Then in accordance with what is written, they celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles with the required number of burnt offerings prescribed for each day. Now, this is a, this is a call back to the basics for the people as they come back to their homeland to get back into their practice of what they had been doing and what they were called to do, what was expected of them, what was anticipated from them as the people of God. They were to do it all according to the written word of God. And so the challenge for us today is, I want to challenge us to be a vital part of Sunday morning Bible study. To read the word and to study the word. We have classes for all ages from our youngest children all the way up to the oldest adult. And we have a great variety of classes for adults. Now what are we going to call it? Some of us grew up calling it Sunday school. A trend today is to call it Sunday morning Bible study. Some places call it Bible fellowship, Bible study fellowship. You know, I really don't care whether you call it Sunday school or Sunday morning Bible study. Uh, you know the history of it, why it was called Sunday school? It started way back some, some places in the Industrial Revolution when the poor children were working 12 hours a day, six days a week. They couldn't go to school. And some Christian leaders got together and they decided these children need to be taught. They need to learn the basics. They need to be taught because they can't go to school. And so they organized and formed uh, Sunday school, built buildings. And the basic teaching material that they had for those children was the Bible. Nothing new today to use the Bible for teaching people how to read because that was used way back then. And then as things evolved and emerged and so laws changed and activities changed and that, then, school, then churches began to move the Sunday school into the life of the church. In fact, before our Southern Baptist uh, Lifeway became Lifeway, it was known as the Baptist Sunday School Board. So it's been Sunday school for a long, long time. And some of us are going to call it Sunday school. That's fine. That's fine. Kind of reaching out to the culture today, morning Bible study or, or Bible fellowship Sometimes Bible study fellowship is a word for that. See, we don't have an official word for it. Just like we don't have an official dress code. You wear what you feel comfortable in coming. We don't have an official name for this place. Sometimes we call it this place, this room where we worship, the worship center. Some of us call it the sanctuary. Some people call it the auditorium. 
And it has an interesting name that when you look at the two Latin words that make up the word auditorium, it comes from the word audio, which means to listen. And it comes from the word taurus, which means bull. Some of you catch the significance of that, right? So maybe we better call it worship center or sanctuary, right? So I don't care whether you call it Sunday school, morning Bible study, a Bible study fellowship. I do care that you are in a class, that you attend regularly, and that you participate. And I want to give you three good reasons why. Number one, Sunday morning Bible study provides the opportunity to study God's Word. That makes logical sense, doesn't it? It's Bible study. That's what it's about. I hope that you also have a time in your life personally, privately, when you're involved in some type of Bible study. But Sunday morning is the time that you fellowship and, and, and learn with others in that environment. The scripture says that the people here made a commitment to live according to God's word. It's an interesting thing when Ezra comes on the scene following Zerubbabel by many years that he's been referred to as maybe the first Sunday school teacher in the Bible because we read in Ezra 7.10, Ezra had devoted himself to the study and observance of the law of the Lord and to teaching its decrees and laws. He devoted himself to the study of the word and to teaching the word. So for us, Sunday morning Bible study is a place where we can learn to live according to God's word. But to do that, we must know the Word of God. And to know the Word of God, we've got to study the Word of God. And the book of Ezra tells us that when the Israelites returned from exile, the first thing they did was to lay the foundation of the altar. That is, they began on the bedrock foundation of their faith. And the same is true for us. If the foundation of a house or a building is not solid then that building is going to begin to settle and the walls will crack. In the New Testament, in Matthew 7, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is teaching about two builders and he's really talking about his word and the word of God. And we might have learned it in the song about two men built their house. I won't sing it for you, but here's what Jesus says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And Jesus is very simply teaching us that a life not built on the Word of God is like a house built on sand. It does not have a solid foundation, and when the storms and the tests of life come, it will not stand. It will crumble, and it will crash. And the only way to have a life built on the solid foundation of God's Word is to build your life on consistent Bible study. To know the Word of God and to study the Word of God. And Sunday morning Bible study provides the opportunity, 
along with your personal time of Bible study. So that's number one. That's basic, isn't it? Back to the basic. Be a part of a Sunday morning Bible study, Sunday school class, Bible study fellowship, Sunday morning Bible study class, whatever you call it. But be there because it gives you the opportunity to study the Bible with others. Secondly, Sunday morning Bible study provides the opportunity for outreach. Provides the opportunity for outreach. That's one of the, one of the reasons that, that Sunday school, as we know it in our structure, in our churches today, came about. It started by teaching children who were having to work 12 hours a day, six days a week. Then it became into the function of the church. You're organized for outreach through your Sunday morning Bible study class. It's the prime opportunity for reaching people who are not a part of the church or a class by inviting them and then including them when they attend. The Sunday morning Bible study class is not just for teaching, but it's also for reaching out to others to join you. We go back to the book of Ezra. In Ezra chapter 7, King Artaxerxes gave Ezra a letter encouraging him to go to Jerusalem and worship and live the life of faith that his people wanted to live. And Ezra was so excited about this opportunity and support that this is what he said. Ezra chapter 7 verses 27 and 28. Praise be to the Lord, the God of our fathers, who has put it into the king's heart to bring honor to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem in this way, and who has extended his good favor to me before the king and his advisors and all the king's powerful officials. Because the hand of the Lord my God was on me, listen to this part, I took courage and gathered leading men from Israel to go up with me. What did Ezra do? He gathered other people. He invited other people. He encouraged other people to go with him for the purpose of worshiping God and studying God's word. The Sunday morning Bible study is a great place to bring others to find new relationships in the kingdom of God. But one of the main reasons a lot of people don't come is because they don't maybe necessarily feel welcome or wanted. And therefore, a personal invitation is one of the best ways to reach people. Allison's already talked about that. How many kids came uh, because they were invited to go to Kidsop? The same thing with our record attendance that we had in Vacation Bible School. We had many different ways that we advertised Bible School, by the banner outside, by on a web page, by a mail-out that we sent to thousands of homes. And still, the number one reason people came was because 61% of them were invited by someone. They had a personal invitation, right, Allison, to come and be a part of Bible school. I mean, it just works that way. It works that way in anything that you do. These studies have shown that people who don't regularly attend church are reluctant to come alone. But the same studies also reveal to us that 90% of the people in America want to know more about the Bible. And the best way to reach them for Christ is through relationships. And the best place to do that is through your Bible study class. So here's a challenge for you. Thinking about outreach to people. 
Invite a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker. You know, if they don't have transportation, offer them a ride. Bring them with you when you come. If they've got a ride and they're going to come, then you can arrange a place to meet in the parking lot and bring them in or, or in the classroom. You give them specific directions to where it might be or at the welcome center or wherever and meet, meet and, and then bring them in and introduce them into your class. One, I think one of the best Sunday school verses and it comes out of the Old Testament is found in Deuteronomy chapter 31, 12 which says, gather the people, men, women, children, and the stranger living in your towns so they can listen and learn to fear the Lord our God and follow carefully all the words of this law. You catch that? When God had given the law, then this, this is what it said. Gather the people, men, women, children, and the stranger living in your towns so that they can come and listen and learn to fear the Lord our God and follow carefully all the words of the law. So I want to challenge you, invest in a life this coming year. Think about what would happen if everybody in the life of our church invited one family to come and be a part of the life of our church. If we figure 61% that we had to result from Bible school came, look at our results, what that might be. Wouldn't that be significant? That would help fill some voids that we're feeling in the life of our church now. Due to irregular patterns of attendance and people leaving because of job moves. You know, we, we've lost some army people and Uncle Sam says it's time to pack up and move. They, or they can't argue with that. They have to go. When the company says we're going to relocate you, they have to pack up and go. So we've lost some people over that. So we've got, to, we've got to reclaim, we've got to invite people, we've got to build the life of our church and fill those voids. And there's a third reason why Sunday morning Bible study is significant. And that's because Sunday morning Bible study provides the opportunity to experience Christian community. It's the wonderful place to experience Christian community. When Ezra realized that sin was the reason for the mess the Israelites were in, before they went into exile and when they came back, it broke his heart. And he began to cry. But notice what happened. Ezra 10.1 says, While Ezra was praying and confessing, weeping and throwing himself down before the house of God, a large crowd of Israelites, men, women, and children, gathered around him, and they too wept bitterly. You get that picture? Ezra is so broken by the spiritual condition of his people that he's praying, confessing, weeping, and throwing himself down before the house of God. And he doesn't pray alone for very long before a large crowd of men, women, and children gathered around him, and they too wept bitterly. It's been said nobody likes to cry alone. And Ezra didn't cry alone very long before he had a support group who cried with him. And small group Bible study offers that support of a community of believers. You don't have to do life alone. That's the part of the life of the church, belonging. It's part of being in a Bible study class. It's belonging. You don't do life alone. 
It's a place where you can share your burdens, find encouragement and support. We go to the New Testament. One of my favorite passages is in Acts about the church and how it grew from Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. Verse 44, we learn that the earliest disciples shared everything in common. And the word is koinonia, which means to share in common. Another synonym for that community is fellowship. But most of the time when we as Baptists think about fellowship, we think about what? Food. Exactly right. We had Faith Foundation Sunday School class that my wife Cookie teaches at, at our house yesterday for a summer fellowship time. And we had fried chicken. And we had barbecue. And we had potato salad of all kinds. And we had slaw in all varieties. And we had macaroni and cheese. And we had baked beans. Don't you wish you were there? And then they brought out the desserts. And there must have been eight or ten different desserts that were brought out. And we ate. But most importantly, we had fellowship around the table. That's one form of fellowship. But real koinonia means the sh- not just the sharing of a meal, but it primarily, the origin of it means to share one another's burdens. And the Bible tells us in Galatians 6 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You see, we fulfill the law of Christ by sharing the burdens of others when we live together in community of Bible study. In small group Bible study, we pray for each other, we care about each other, and we get people through times of crisis in their lives. Let me share two passages of Scripture with you that reinforce that. In 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, I came through this the other morning, reminded of this again in my morning Bible study, that, that Paul is writing and he's talking to the Corinthians about what they had received from God and what they had then to share with others. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. And he didn't put a period there. Sometimes we might think that's the only reason that we need to have discomfort, is that God will comfort us with compassion. But there's a comma that says, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that, so that, we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Now, that does not mean when somebody is sharing something from their heart that you say, I know exactly how you feel. Because you don't. Nobody knows that. That is a trite, trivial cliche that just, you need to forget about it. I know exactly how you feel. Nope, you might have gone through something similar, but you don't know what somebody else is feeling. But what you can do is you can empathize with them. I know what you're going through must be a terrible ordeal. How can I pray for you? That's how you turn that into comfort and compassion. Romans 12, 15. I love this phrase. This just kind of, the life in the church just kind of revolves around this verse. Paul writes and talks about he's living the Christian life and he says rejoice with those who rejoice 
and weep with those who weep. So when you get together on Sunday morning, there are people who are going to want to rejoice in a great week that they had. Person sitting next to you, you might have had a great week. Person sitting next to you, they might have had a horrible week. They might have gotten a bad report from the doctor. Their parents might be in crisis. They might have kids that are in crisis. There might be job crisis. You don't know what's going on. And instead of rejoicing, they feel like weeping. You rejoice with those who rejoice. You weep with those who weep. That's that, that's that compassion and, and community that we share together in the body of Christ. And in a small group Bible study, there's a wonderful place to find that you can do that, that you can, you can rub shoulders with people who are going through the life experiences just like you are. And everything you experience is real, and you're real people, and nobody comes in like mannequins immune to what's going on into the real world. You're either, you're either in a storm, getting ready to go in a storm, or coming out of a storm. And that's true of everybody. Now, when you share those things together in your, in your Bible study group, then you are sharing in that, that community, that koinonia, that fellowship, carrying one another's burdens, praying for one another, lifting each other up in the kingdom of God. That's important. Because you cannot do life alone. God doesn't intend for you to do life alone. He not only gives you the presence of the Holy Spirit to walk with you, the one who's called alongside to walk with you through all the experiences of life, but as a believer in Christ, He gives you a place in the body of Christ and the life of the local church and in a place in a Bible study class where you can learn to do life with others and find encouragement. Find prayer support. Find somebody who will rejoice with you when you have something to rejoice about and pray with you when you have time to weep. That's part of the significance of Sunday morning Bible study. So, back to the basics. Sunday morning Bible study is basic. It's one of our values in the life of Spring Valley Baptist Church. And it should be for every member of Spring Valley Baptist Church as we study God's Word. Let me give you an analogy. Some people come to worship only and don't go to Bible study. Let me ask you this. If you had tickets to the Super Bowl, would you wait till halftime to show up and miss half of it? You had tickets, let's say, to the events at the Cogar Center. Would you wait till intermission and then go? Why miss half of it? Why come just to worship and not come to Bible study? You're already here. Might as well get your money's worth. We'll talk about that when we talk about generosity. That worship's the only part of it. Bible study's the only part of it. Make the two together. We'll talk about all that. But today we're emphasizing Bible study. You're missing out on a small group Bible study. You're missing out on something tremendously important and significant for your life. So back to the basics. Get involved in a Bible study class. Study God's Word together. Lord, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for the encouragement we find. We thank you for the conviction we find. We thank you for the plan of salvation that we find through Jesus Christ who gave his life on the cross for our sins so that through his shed blood we could be forgiven, be a part of your kingdom. Help us to live life together in the life of this church, being vitally involved, understanding the significance of being a part of this, making sure that we're here, making sure that we're plugged in, making sure that, that we're connected through a Bible study class. 
and all for your glory, but the benefits that you will give to us, Father, are more blessings that you have in store for us. And so I pray that we'll go back to the basics and we'll focus on Bible study. We'll get involved in Bible study class. We'll study your word. We'll learn your word. We'll live your word as people of God here at Spring Valley. Father, pray for, I pray for the decisions that need to be made today in any way. And I just ask for your guidance and direction through the leadership of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.